0: Intrepid Radio, this is Control. We are go for an on-air check.
1: Control, Intrepid. We copy an on-air
0: check. Intrepid, this is Control. You are go for Intrepid Radio. Cue music and cue talent. Intrepid, you are live in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Intrepid
1: Radio, you are live and the clock is running.
0: Listening to Intrepid Radio, where we spotlight innovators defining the new rules of marketing, business, politics, and life. And now, here's your host, Todd Schnick. Good afternoon, and welcome back to Intrepid Radio. I am your host, Todd Schnick. If you have listened to this show, and/or have read my blog, I've talked a lot about the importance of creativity. Now, Lord knows I'm not a I'm not an artist in the sense that I don't paint, I don't write, I don't. Well, that's not true. I blog, but I don't do poetry and I don't write long novels, and certainly am no musician. But I, I think there's a a creative and an artist in all of us, and I'm really looking forward to getting into this conversation with. Today's guest. I want to welcome Austin Cleon, who is a who is an artist and an author. Welcome to the show, Austin. Hi, Todd. Well, it's good to have you. Thank you for making the time to join us. You are the proud author of a new book that just came out in the last week or so, called "Steal Like an Artist: Ten Things Nobody Told You About Being Creative." What I want to do first, Austin, is uh, is give you a quick second to introduce yourself and kind of tell us a little bit about you and your background. But I also want you to tell the story of how this book came to be. I, I think it started with an invite to speak to a, a college group, and I and, and I love how this thing kind of unfolded. Tell us a little bit about yourself and about the story of this book.
1: Uh, sure. Well, um, I live in Austin, Texas. I, uh, I, I've I had kind of a, um, I was a... I was a librarian for a few years, and then I was a web designer for a few years, and then I was a copywriter for about a year. But in the um, during that time, I, I'm I've been a writer and an artist, and uh, the thing I'm probably known best for is I do these things called newspaper blackout poems, where I take a newspaper and I uh, redact it with a permanent marker until there's just a few words left behind, and the results are kind of like little uh, uh, they've been called something like uh, redacted document haiku or something <laughs> like that <laughs> as if the CIA did haiku so um right. that was my fir- that was my first book called newspaper blackout and that came out in uh 2010 and so what happened so i'm a, i'm an artist whose whole career has kind of been digital i mean everything has started from my blog and my website And then kind of made its way out to to other outlets, you know. I mean, I started uh, posting things to my blog, and then eventually they made their way into prints and books and that kind of thing. Um, So, Steel Like an Artist really began... It's funny, it, it began as a series of blog posts of me assembling quotes from other artists who admitted... That they stole a lot of their ideas stole in the sense of they were constantly borrowing from their favorite you know uh creative thinkers and that kind of thing and when i was um When I was asked to give a talk to a community college in um upstate New York, I was kind of terrified i mean i 've given lots of talks before, but there was something about. Um this was going to be the keynote speech at a convocation. Um it was all going to be students and I was just a little nervous about about talking to people that age about what they should be doing with themselves. Right. Uh, so I as as I do when I get Nervous about a lot of things. I went on a walk with my wife and I asked her what I should do. And she said um, the best thing, uh, the best speech that she had ever heard was um, a a lady got up at her high school and just, just kind of had this list of things she wished she had heard when she was a high schooler. And I said, Well that sounds great. I think I'll steal that idea. <laughs> yeah. So um so I just kind of I, I worked on it for a while and I you know, I've been blogging about some of these ideas that are in the book. So I just kinda of made this list of it was a very clear, straightforward thing. I just made a list of ten things I wish I had heard and you know, I drew up some slides and wrote the talk and, and when I gave the talk it was well received but then i came home and posted the slides and the text to my blog and within a few days it it kind of kind of blown up and spread all over the internet in a way that um you know i've had things kind of go quasi viral before but nothing like this speech and you know it just kind of got crazy and and people were saying you know this could be your next book and that kind of thing so uh you know pretty soon before we knew it we had a book deal and um and now the book's out (laughs) yeah
0: well i gotta tell you i i uh officially came out it, it zapped quickly into my kindle and a quick note to my audience it's a fun read on the kindle and and in case you've missed it austin is an artist and so there's all kinds of neat drawings and other art in this thing. But Austin, I have a feeling and my recommendation would be to anybody else who asked me about it, that if you're going to read this book I think it's better to get the actual print copy. What What do you think?
1: Yeah, you know it's, it's funny, the first time I ever saw the Kindle version was on release date, so I was just as I, I was really nervous about how the Kindle would, would turn out. You know, the Kindle version is nice, but the paperback is just so. Um, Workman Publishing, my publisher, we we worked very, uh, very it, it was a very cool situation. You know, not a lot of artists these days get a lot of, or authors rather, not a lot of authors get input into the design of their books. And I actually worked very closely with the Workman art team and the staff there, and and we always had the size of the book in mind and the format. So pretty much everything in the book was a result of me thinking about you know th- this very specific designed item. So it is a really really nice paperback. And the best part is it, it's the paperback isn't any more expensive than the ebook.
0: Well, so again, I, my recommendation to anybody who wants to get this book, and I hope you do because it's really it's really insightful and it's, and it's frankly it's a lot of fun. Uh, but I think the print copy is going to be a heck of a lot more valuable to you long term. Uh, I, I may I may still get that just because <laughs> I, I want to get it, Austin. Uh, uh, as I mentioned before, I introduced you. Uh, I believe that there is a creative in all of us, and 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 I spend a lot of my time, just so you know, uh, working with with my business clients, and I'm, and I'm in essence, to boil it down very simply, educating them and and helping them do a content marketing program, and and. And so, I do a lot of writing, a lot of creating, and, and but I also apply it to just running a general business. I, I think I think we're all creatives, and what I mean by that is not necessarily painting or, or making music or or writing poetry, but but if you're solving business problems, you have to come up with creative solutions for that. If you're by nature of of, uh, of a business where you're consulting with a the client who needs your help you have to do creative work in that way. And so uh, I, I'm, first of all I'm curious if you agree with, with me on that because then what I want to do is dive into how the lessons that you teach in your book can be applied to those kinds of things.
1: Oh absolutely. I mean 100%. I think um, I think everyone's creative. I think it's been I think what's happened with art and creativity and that kind of thing is we've we've, bec- we've very much romanticized creativity and art and we've kind of uh, we've kind of created this world in which creativity is this magical thing that happens that like only geniuses can perform and they somehow like harness the lightning of the gods into this (laughs) like making this stuff you know and it's just not it's not that at all i mean we all Every human being is creative, and uh, I mean, some are just more disposed to it than others. Uh, You know, Picasso had this great quote, he said, all children are artists, it's just they grow out of it after a while, you know, and I I actually subscribe to that, because I I really think that, you know, if you give a kid, you know, if you give a five-year-old crayons and a piece of paper, like, they'll draw you a picture, you know, um, and it's only went with the kind of forces of time when, like, we hit adolescence and all of a sudden you have to be good at art in order to do it. Otherwise, it's a waste of time, that kind of thing, you know. I mean, we just really lose the world starts getting divided, you know, into like creative people and non-creative people. And it's just really uh it's so that's kind of the mission is to get people to like break out of that idea and realize that it really is for everyone.
0: Well and what you said is is the message I try to convey that there is there is some sex appeal to being known and or thought of as a creative. And if and if you if you view yourself that way, or as in you're, you're involved in some sort of a design, there's always there's some there's some appeal to a design element in our society or in a culture, I, I think too. But if you view yourself and you're, maybe you you think your your day job is mundane or boring or dull, but if you if you be, start viewing yourself as a creative, then maybe that changes that and adds a little bit of sass to how you view your day to day role.
1: I, you know, I think that, yeah, I think that, um, the, you know, the way I describe creativity is literally just um, uh, my really basic definition is that you take the things that are in front of you, you take your influences, you take your external world, you take your experiences, and you just shape them into something that didn't exist before. That's literally my, you know, pretty much my definition of creativity. So, you know, if you're, if you're in a business... Um, and you have a business problem, creativity is literally about thinking about the resources you have at hand, your influences, your own thoughts and ideas, the ideas of the people around you, and just solving the problem. You know, It's really that simple, yeah. solving the problem in a way that maybe no one else has done before.
0: Well, obviously, a central premise in the book is uh, that great artists steal. Can you can you talk more about what that's really really about? Explain that more detail. Sure.
1: Yeah. Well. Well, the title uh, "Steal Like an Artist" is kind of a riff off of a quote that's misattributed to Picasso a lot. You know, there's people have said that you know. Casso used to say, uh, "Good artists copy; great artists steal." Well, that's not. He, there's. I've never found any uh, evidence that he actually said that. There's a poet named T.S. Eliot that said something very, very similar. He said, uh, "Immature poets copy; great poets steal." Um, but what T.S. Eliot was talking about is that really steal like an artist is 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 the idea of having a a kind of scavenger scavengerish, (laughs) hungry approach to life and that you see the world as raw material for for your work. And you're constantly soaking up influence and you're constantly um, making sure you're surrounded by the right influence. And then you just take all that stuff and let it stew inside you. And then when it comes time to do your work, you kind of mash it up into something something new so steal like an artist is really about paying attention to the world around you and 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 grabbing what you can what appeals to you what you think might work in your own work and then transforming it into something new something that people haven't seen before
0: yeah well there's a line in the book that i highlighted on my kindle and i'm going to Frankly, I'm going to steal it, uh, and it's your job is to collect good ideas.
1: Yeah, and it's as simple as that. I mean, as human being, I think human beings tend to be collectors anyway. But there are just a few things that you can do to kind of start. I think a lot of people go through life without, you know, they just don't pay as much attention as as some other people. And I think a lot of being a creative person is just paying really close attention and, and starting to collect things, you know, collecting things that pop up at you and having some sort of system to, um, to actually keep those things around for when you might need them. So I talk a lot in the book about like the importance of keeping a notebook, something that seems very, you know, keeping a little pocket notebook to me seems like a very um, just the simplest thing in the world. You'd be amazed at how many quote unquote creative people I worked with who never had paper on them, who never had any kind of way of grabbing ideas when they came to them, you know. And I think a lot of for me, my memory is terrible, so I have to have these little systems that that keep my ideas in check. The other thing I recommend people have is what I call what um what I call a swipe file. That's literally just a file where you keep all your inspiration, and it could either be a literally a folder or a or a pin uh, a corkboard, or it can be something digital like uh, your blog or um you know there's all kinds of neat tools now, Evernote, Pinterest, that kind of stuff. So it's really about grabbing as many things as you can when you can, and then having a system for organizing them.
0: Well, you know, in Austin, we from, from childhood. We used to we used to practice that that conceptually. We would put up a poster on a wall uh, of of the fancy hot race car that we wanted to drive when we got older. And so, totally. you know, it's the same principle, right? Because you're, you're you're this is something. This is what I aspire to. This is what I'm dreaming about. This is what I I, I want to pretend that I'm driving. Now. I mean, in tools like Evernote. It's kind of like the modern digital way of a swipe file, right? Because you know, I, I find articles. I mean, honest to God, there's a bunch of Austin Kleon stuff in my Evernote. Because I, I would, I would find something that I liked. I think the original post where you where you shared the idea that became this book. I mean, I, shoot, you could bear, you could find that buried deep in my in my in my uh, Evernote. But that, that's kind of like my swipe file. And I find things that I like that I that inspire me. And, yeah, and, keep, and, and and I think what you're saying is it's really cool. It's you should do that. That's how you get ideas. Uh, there's another line in the book. It's a quote. I'm going to butcher the name of a of a guy. I've never heard of him. Is Andre Gide?
1: Yeah, and he's he, a old so French writer.
0: Well, the line is everything that needs to be said has already been said. But since no one was listening, everything must be said again. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a great line. Yeah, and, absolutely. And I'm going to use I'm going to use that line. To when I'm, when I'm coaching a, a business person, say, you need to start blogging and getting content out there. And they're going to say, what what, have I, what what do I have to contribute to a market space that's probably already inundated with, with content? And I'm going to use that line. Yeah. Well, put your spin on it. Uh, and not everybody's seen all this stuff. And, and it needs to continue to be said.
1: Yeah, I heard a really colorful way of saying it the other day. Uh, there's a famous Austin musician in town. And I, I forget his name, but he said... Um, Every every guitar line I play I stole from someone, but I put my own stink on it. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, I mean I mean literally it's 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 kind of amazing to me how I mean I I really don't I don't think of anything that I do as really that original at all. I I just think um there was a there was an interview with the filmmaker Terry Gilliam. And uh, he was talking about the uh, auteur theory in film, which means, like, the idea that a film is um, one, you know, the vision of one lone person. And he said, I don't subscribe to that, because I think film is a collaborative medium. He said, "I, I have a filter theory. And what he said was, I'm like a filter. I have all this stuff, and I manage all these people. And what happens is I just filter out the things that I think don't fit or don't work. And then I shape the stuff that does into the funnel, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's another way to think about you know creativity or having something new. You, you literally are the sum of your influences. So you get to pick what goes through and what comes out in your work.
0: A couple of other really significant things messages that you deliver in the book, and they're they're not necessarily rocket science, um, and you're not the first person to really talk about them, but this notion of you just don't wait to get started, just start doing it. Why do people labor and and hide and and never actually start doing art or being creative?
1: Well, I think that there's this really, again, this is one of those ideas we have in our culture that people just arrive fully formed. Like, we love that myth that there's just, there are these, like, geniuses out there that we just haven't discovered, and they're like, you know, they're just they're just floating out there and they just show up. But like every person you talk to that does the work that you love, like anyone you look up to, they've just been working so hard at it for so long. You know, and I think that a lot of times that that point in particular came from there. Was, there's a actor uh, who plays Dwight on The Office. His name's Rain Wilson and um he he w- he wrote this um piece or, or i think it was a video and he said you know the way to get past creative block is to stop working and go off and find yourself you know cuz cuz creative block just means that you don't you've gone off track you don't know who you are and i just thought that was some of the most damaging advice i'd ever heard because in my experience it's in the act of actually making things that we discover who we are and what we're good at and inertia is really the death of creativity. So if you're not moving, if you're not doing things, if you're not making stuff, if you're not making mistakes, like you're stagnant, you know. Yeah. So the idea of get get started now is just like you, you know, you just have to you you, ha, you discover who you are by by doing your work. It's not that you and and this is something too that I think happens a lot in our culture is like you know, if you if you have a young kid, you say, well, what do you want to do when you grow up? And they say, oh, I want to be a lawyer. You say, oh, okay, well, you didn't go to law school, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like you almost decide what to be before you do any of the work towards it. You know, you already have a title or something, whereas in my experience, especially in my career, it's like I just started doing things. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just started on something. And then when I didn't like it, I usually had a some sort of exit or some other thing that I wanted to try next, you know. And the idea in that chapter is just that we literally invent ourselves. I mean, we live in this era where it's very, um, we're very lucky in that, you know, a lot of people, now not everyone, but a lot of people in, in America are privileged to pretty much like uh, make themselves what, you know, be what you want to be, right? Mm-hmm. So you just... Uh, That's And that's built into the American dream, you know, you literally think about, you know, you just do your work and you become, you know, you become what you want to be. And and so, but the only way to do that is there's no one that's going to come along and like knight you on the shoulders, you know, and say, I anoint the the greatest lawyer that ever practiced you know it's like well you got to start you know doing some cases first or right.
0: you know something like that right right you also say in the book to write the book you'd want to read and i and i think about there's a real obvious example that we all know and that's steve jobs i mean he he created yeah. products that even we didn't know we wanted but now that now that we have them we couldn't live without them yeah, um, and, and and so that's a good example. You also in the book you you cite some other resources to go read, and one of those is uh, Jason Fried's book uh, Rework. Um, yeah, and, and Thirty Seven Signals is another example of a company that built that they're an amazingly successful multi million dollar organization, create who are just selling a product that they wanted to use themselves. Talk more yeah. about that notion of writing the book you want to read.
1: Well, I think it's a uh, you know the 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 idea is that you literally. Uh, I got stuck in this, when I was very young, I I had this idea that I need to make things that, I need to do work that I thought other people wanted. Like, I needed to somehow write, you know, like... for instance like when i was writing fiction which i don't anymore but when i was in college i'd write fiction i was trying to write these very serious stories because i thought serious stories was was what people wanted and what they wanted to read and what got you you know acclaim and publishing and, and everything but then i realized that my voice was actually comedic and i actually liked funny writing and i liked you know writing that that had a sense of humor to it and it's only when i started writing like the stuff i liked the stories that i liked that that the that my good work started to come through and i think what that means is just that you in in any kind of career like you really have to do the work that you want to see done and that means like you have to make movies that you'd like to see you have to make music that you'd want to hear. You have to um, invent products that you'd like to use. And the reason why that's such, you, that's what you're built to make. That's the only stuff you're really built to do is the stuff that, you know, you're already kind of predisposed to do through your influences and stuff, you know, and that's what you're going to be really good at.
0: You think it's fair to say, Austin, that the reason most people are are blocked or stuck creatively is that they're stuck in what the heck they're trying to create for someone else. And if they could just free that of themselves and just create what, what, means, what moves them, it would be an endless flow of, of, of creativity, right?
1: Well, I think the idea, uh, you know, I mean, there are some people that I think genuinely, you know, could probably make some stuff that they'd like to see that no one else would want to see. But the, the thing that I think is really hopeful is that the world is a huge place. And if the internet has shown us anything, it's that you can find a lot of people who are interested in the same things that you are interested in. So if you're doing the type of work that you want to be doing, if you're making the things that you want to be making, then the problem really becomes one of like let's say marketing or 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 really instead of saying marketing, let's just say your problem then is putting your work in contact with the people who who the other people who might appreciate it. And that's what the internet's really good at. Right. But I do, I think that we get stuck in this in in the ideas of what other people's expectations are, um, what the mar- you know, what what the market is is asking, what we think the market is asking for, you know, like you you talked about Steve Jobs earlier. It's like. Uh, no one knew that they wanted an iPod, you know, or right. an iPhone, you know. But he just, you know, you have to be, like you said, you have to make the products you want to use. Well,
0: so. and then to take that that idea further, if you're if you're so worried about creating something for someone else, well, then because I think you'd agree, one of the biggest roadblocks on creativity is fear of 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 your work being rejected. So if you're if you're trying to write for somebody else or create for somebody else, then you are worried about what they think. If you're just creating, if you write what you like, then you're not going to really worry about you not liking your own thing, right?
1: Yeah, my friend Hugh McCloud has the best quote on this, and he said that um, the best way to get approval is to not need it. Oh yeah, oh, uh,
0: we could uh, do a whole show on that. I've yeah. had, Hugh, I've, I've <laughs> had, yeah. Hugh, I've had Hugh on this show, and, and I'm going to have him back on soon to talk about his, his uh, upcoming book. Talk about an artist that I steal from. Holy moly!
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I, and I've stole an incredible amount off Hugh, and Hugh knows it, and he's been he's been well. A real...
0: And what makes him different, Austin, is that he loves it. And he encourages that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, Hugh is just that really unique. He's just he's just a totally he's a very unique blend of an artist, and he's just a really unique thinker. And uh, yeah, he's he's got the goods. Awesome. He's there now, in the reading list.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, yeah. I'm I don't, I'm not trying to kiss your ass here, but I'm going to tell you if if a if someone says, "Hey, I need some books to inspire creativity," I'm going to recommend yours uh and ignore everybody. I mean those those to me those are the two books I'm gonna try to put in someone's hands to To get them to kind of think a little bit different. So, uh,
1: I'm I'm super, super stoked and happy to hear that. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. I've taken up more of your time than I wanted, Austin, but I do have one last question because, frankly, I'm just damn curious. uh, How in the hell did you come up with newspaper blackout poems?
1: (laughs) Now, newspaper blackout is interesting because that actually came out of a terrible case of writer's block. Um, I had just gotten out of college. I didn't know what I was supposed to be writing. I didn't. Didn't have a creative writing workshop anymore. Um, I I didn't have any sort of creative outlet. I was working half time in a, a library at the time, and um, I just I had always been a newspaper subscriber. I always loved reading the newspaper, and I had always drawn with these permanent markers. and And I was just sitting there looking at my I was sitting there looking at my Microsoft Word screen with the little cursor blinking at me, <laughs> you know. And yeah. and I looked over in the recycle bin. And I just thought, man, I don't have any words, and there are millions of them in that recycle bin. So I just started playing, and and the amazing thing I I found out from uh, Newspaper Blackout is that it wasn't an original idea. People had been doing it for – people had been finding poetry in the newspaper for 250 years and so I was really stuck with this choice. I I could I could be walk away with my tail between my legs, realizing that my idea wasn't original, or I could study what had come before me really closely and steal everything I could from those people who had been doing the work before and just try to make my own thing. You know, and, and that's and that's really where a lot of the ideas for Steal Like an artist came from.
0: Well, I have to be honest with you. I don't think I'd grab the newspaper. I was—I had a magazine, and I said, "All right, I'm going to take this paragraph, and I'm going to do something like Austin did." And hell, it's, that's hard. That's hard work. It, it is art. Let me just tell you. Uh, so, <laughs> well,
1: that—that's the thing. Like, I—I I, I really encourage everyone to give it a shot because I think it's—you know—I think it's fun. I think it's a great activity for getting your juices flowing, and stuff like that. But it is harder than it looks. <laughs> oh yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah.
0: Hey, Austin, we're out of time. Uh, before I let you go, please let the audience know how they can get. In touch with you and most importantly where they can get their hands on on steel like an artist
1: the best thing to do is just go to steel an and uh and you can follow me on twitter i'm austin cleon on twitter i'm very easily googleable <laughs> yeah. um, and steel like an artist is available in bookstores all across the country and it's available uh, online through the normal channels
0: all right. Well, Austin Kleon, it was a real pleasure uh, to talk with you. Thank you for making the time. I really enjoyed it.
1: Oh, thank you, Todd. It was a pleasure.
0: All right. Well, that wraps this episode. On behalf of Austin Kleon, I'm Todd Schneck. We'll see you next time on Intrepid Radio.